Alright, podcast recording. And I'll get the video cast recording here in a second. A little soft Christmas music playing there in the background. It is 4.28 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, U.S. of A. On January the 5th. 2022. Can't believe it's 2022 already. So I put a- I was, uh, oh, sorry, a little video I was putzing with on YouTube. I need to turn it down. Um, wow. What a, what a day, a week, a life. So this is Americana, the American way. I am Big John. Find me on Gab, Getter, and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. On Parlor, the handle is at the real Big John, all one word. And let's. Well, I'm gonna start out by breaking a New Year's resolution. I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper. And uh, drinking a Dr. Dr. Pepper, and I'm going to light a cigar like we used to. So uh, this clip I'm going to play to start out with kind of sets what we're going to talk about in in this show. Um, This is the first voice you're going to hear is the governor of Arkansas talking to Joe Biden about the response to the latest Omicron variant of the COVID-19 virus. And we're going to talk some more about the COVID-19 virus because there are some people saying that the Omicron may be the end. The end of the line for COVID-19. Uh, It is breaking out. Cases are increasing. Uh, Hospitalizations are increasing. Uh, The death toll is not rising very much. Uh, It's still a lot of people with comorbidities and so on and so forth. Um, But anyways, let's listen to what the governor and the president or encouragement for your team is that as the uh, as you look towards federal solutions that will help alleviate the challenge make sure that we uh, do not let federal solutions stand in the way of state solutions and the uh, the uh, production of 500 million rapid tests that will be distributed by the federal government is great But obviously that dries up the supply chain for the solutions that we might offer as governor. And so just that a brief comment before I turn it over to you, Mr. President. But I want to say personally, I've enjoyed working with you when I was in Congress as head of the DEA. And I appreciate uh, your leadership. And thank you so much for giving uh, us the time today to hear from us, but also so that we can hear from you personally about the challenge that we face. So. Uh, Mr. President, the microphone is you. Thank you, President Biden. Thank you very much. Look, there is no federal solution. 
this gets solved at a state level. I'm looking at Governor Sununu on the board here. He talks about that a lot. And it ultimately gets down to where the rubber meets the road. And that's where the patient is in need of help or preventing the need for uh, help. Look, uh, Gov, thank you for, uh, for what you're doing. Thank you for the National Governors Association and Vice Chair Murphy across the river. All's, all's well in New Jersey, I assume, Gov. Um, and, uh, Amen, Mr. President. <laughs> and, uh, and here today, Democrats and Republicans, uh, we've discussed the rising COVID cases, especially coming out of the holidays. And as... Uh, yeah. Um, no doubt the holidays help with the rise in COVID cases. Uh, this remark he made, he being President Biden, that there is no federal response, is kind of what myself and a friend of mine have been preaching for a year and a half. One, a lot of this power needs to be delegated to the states and out of the hands of state bureaucrats. Uh, here in Ohio, they took a lot of the emergency authority away from our governor last legislative session uh, when they had they had to override his veto because uh, he obviously no no government official, I don't care if it's an elected official or bureaucrat, will cede power willingly. Uh, so the legislature, in order to take power away from this governor and future governors in an emergency situation, had to uh, have enough votes to override his veto. That being said, this Omicron virus or variation that they're trying to make the next bubonic plague may actually be, as my friend has been calling it for a couple weeks now, God's Christmas present to us. It's a weaker variant. It's essentially a cold. His whole household has, my, the friend that I'm talking about, his whole household has the Omicron variant. Uh, his wife, his kids, and then he is supposed to presume he's infected because everyone else in the house is. Again, one of these weird government rules that I don't understand. If mom, dad, kid, or well, mom, kid, and kid, and kid all have the virus, there have been plenty of cases where the dad or a fourth or third, fifth person living in the house doesn't have the virus. So instead of saying, hey, dad, go get tested, assume because mom and the three kids have the, the virus, just assume that you have it too. <laughs> but the CDC and health departments are changing their rules moment by moment 
And there's nothing wrong with that. Science changes, you know, minute to minute. But there's a lot of science saying that this Omicron, okay, it takes away the Delta because it attaches itself to the cells and then the Delta has nothing to attach to. So the Delta dies. But it strengthens your immune system theoretically so far they think it strengthens your immune system enough to make you less susceptible to future variants so I looked this up and I have not read this article but it's from CNBC so it's a about the most liberal place I could find and it just happened to be the one at the top of the search uh, on Bing. The headline is Omicron could burn through the US and potentially hasten the COVID pandemic's end says expert. Let's see what exploit, what this exploit said. Just weeks ago, the U.S. was on track to end the pandemic in 2022. Then Omicron hit, throwing scientists' projections into disarray. The rapidly spreading COVID variant was responsible for 73% of the cases, a rate at which White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Falsi called unprecedented. It's unprecedented during a Good Morning America appearance. Now some researchers say Omicron could actually hasten the virus's transition from pandemic to endemic, albeit with large numbers of illness and potential deaths along the way. The theory, due to Omicron's high rate of transmission and danger to unvaccinated, non-boosted people, bullshit, Vaccinated people are catching this just from what I understand just as much as unvaccinated people. I'm vaccinated and I get my boost in a few weeks, but anyhow, we'll get to that later. Uh, boost Unvaccinated and boosted people, hospitalizations and deaths could rise significantly in the coming weeks and months, but survivors could emerge with a, de- a degree of so-called natural immunity. When this all started, there was no such thing as a degree of so-called natural immunity. We were all taught the word herd immunity. That was the goal, was herd immunity. But the virus was told we were told the virus was so deadly and a lot of people did die we don't want to discard that we don't want to you know spit on their graves and it's unfortunate and I'm sorry that it happened okay all that political correctness being said the death rate is still less than one percent 
even the Delta variant, which was more deadly than the Alpha variant, the original variant, the original strain, the death rate was still less than 1%. And most of those people that died did have comorbidities, such as elderly, diabetic, heart disease, lung disease, pre-existing ailments. So, there you have the majority of your COVID deaths are always have been, always will be with any of these coronaviruses, whether it's the common cold, the flu, or pneumonia. The majority of people that die are going to be people that had a pre-existing condition, or they now they call it comorbidity, whatever. Also, obesity plays into this, and diabetes, if I didn't mention that already. So, the, now it's so-called natural immunity that could help protect against COVID's next variant of concern. As all public health folks have been saying, it's going to rip right through the population, says Dr. David Ho, a world-renowned virologist and Columbia University president or professor. Sometimes a rapid fire could burn through very quickly, but then put itself out. So that's very positive news right there. That this, because it's going to spread rapidly, and look, these bullshit masks that they've been telling us to wear, I wear it when I'm asked to these vaccines that don't vaccinate you. Uh, all this stuff they've been saying will work. It is not working. It has not worked. So, President Biden, who ran on getting the virus under control and uh, defeating the COVID-19 by doing all the things Trump already did but the media didn't report to you. Uh, these things don't work. Lockdowns didn't work. The place with the most stringent rules, whether it's lockdowns or vaccine mandates, um, Australia, Austria, Germany, they're all seeing this uptick. The states in the United States that have the stringentest, most stringent <laughs> rules for uh, vaccine passports, masks, uh, right, they don't say lockdowns anymore, but they're all having the worst breakouts. So I guess the quote-unquote natural immunity theory still holds true. Uh, when all of this started, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I was working uh, in the public in an enclosed space with 10 to 20 people 
within a few feet of me every day. And this is when Dr. Fauci told us don't wear masks. Anthony Fauci, who wants mask mandates from now until eternity on airplanes, <clears throat> back then said there's no reason for Americans to be walking around in public with masks on. He then, a year later, said, oh, well, I was lying because I thought we would have a personal protective equipment shortage and we needed to save the masks for the doctors and nurses to treat the rest of us. Uh, the PPE, or personal protective equipment PPE, emergency was solved by Donald Trump uh, when he put in the military, I want to say military industrial, a military emergency something act where the government could tell companies, okay, you're changing your production to make this product for us because it's a national emergency. And Trump got all the, the gowns, the masks. They, they laughed at him when he said, well, maybe we can find a way to scrub the masks. A company in Columbus, Ohio said, hey, we got, we got it. We were ahead of, the, ahead of times. We can scrub masks and make them reusable. And they put that into production. Uh, the company 3M, an American company that makes uh, the high-grade uh, N95 mask, the only mask that actually does stop the spread of germs. They were going to ship millions of masks to Canada. Trump said, whoa, you're an American company. You supply America first. And that pissed off Canada and it pissed off 3M. But they made a deal where, okay, you send half a million masks to Canada or 1.5, whatever the number was. Half of the masks go to Canada, half go to the United States. And the government, of course, paid them for that. They, 3M didn't lose money on that deal. Which just the point. This president that ran on a ticket that President Trump failed the virus, failed the to keep, to keep Americans from dying. More Americans have died under his watch. <clears throat> the pandemic has not ended, and he just admitted there is no federal response. And I feel when he says it's, it comes down to where the rubber meets the road, that's saying, in my opinion, it's between you and your doctor. My decision to get the vaccine was because my doctor guilt-tripped me into it, <laughs> okay? My decision to get the booster in a few weeks is because my doctor guilt-tripped me into it. Uh, he's, he's a sweetheart. He's helped me so much, uh, you know, with my physical problems. Um, you know, nothing really life-threatening at the moment. But he's teaching me to be a better patient and a better person for my future and a healthier person. Except for the cigars and the Dr. Pepper.
Would he be pissed at me if he knew this? But Joe Rogan, always a lightning rod of controversy because uh, tells the truth. Can't have that in America these days, no siree, Bob. Had a little interruption from Diane Jennings there on my other YouTube. He had a doctor on. I need to. I want to watch this podcast eventually. Doctor Robert Malone on Joe Rogan interview censorship, Twitter ban. You can't suppress information. Uh, so the doctor speaks out on. Ingram Angle after YouTube and Google remove interview on COVID vaccines. So I'm not, I don't really give two shits about Laura Ingram or Fox News, but this was, this is the spicy thing of the moment. mRNA vaccine platform inventor, he invented the mRNA vaccine. Like, before this mRNA vaccine for the coronavirus, the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, came along, this is the doctor that invented mRNA vaccines. And Twitter and Google and other big tech companies are banning the doctor that invented the shit because he's saying things that go against their policy. Ain't that interesting. He's more of an expert on it than the people that run these companies. But he's saying stuff they don't like, so they ban his Joe Rogan video. Just like they didn't want us to know what was on Hunter Biden's laptop. Because it would have changed the outcome of the election. And Twitter buried that lead. Alright, so... Dr. Robert Malone has been silenced by Big Tech for his take on COVID-19. And the doctor argued on the Ingram Angle Monday, it's just another media miscalculation. When the media does, doesn't understand, or pardon me, what the media doesn't understand is that you can't suppress information, he said. I'll find a way to be free. Social media platforms reacted in panic after Malone's interview with Joe Rogan, in which he implied a theory from Professor Mattis Desmond that suggests how a large population can be sent into mass information psychosis. The video swiftly removed from YouTube, while Malone believes Google search results were also affected. It happened so fast it caught Google with its pants down, he said. The whole weekend after Rogan posted it, that was fascinating. I had no idea Rogan was going to put it up on New Year's Eve. Bless his heart. But it just ripped through the world. Malone pointed out the media's immediate reaction to silence his theory in order to protect vaccine messaging only further proved it. 
<clears throat> they absolutely validated Mattis Dement's hypothesis, he said. You couldn't have asked for more. It was a perfect storm. They have blown it so badly in this case. So he's saying that the media and big tech want to tell us what what information is true and what is not. And they want to keep their you must get vaccinated or die or kill your neighbor who is vaccinated. That still doesn't make sense. I'm I'm vaccinated, but the guy next to me who is not vaccinated is going to kill me. But that's the the narrative the media and the internet and the social media are pushing right now. And that because the internet is the number one source of information, because podcasts like Joe Rogan, who has real scientists, real doctors on there, uh, giving information that the government, this big tech, and the uh, legacy media don't want you to hear, they're going to cut that down. They're going to censor that. They're going to change algorithms. They're going to flat out take down videos. They're going to lock tweets and Twitter accounts. That's why Joe Rogan uh, switched over to Getter, G-E-T-T-R dot com, Getter, uh, in case uh, Twitter deplatforms him. And he's in the, their crosshairs. Ricard, he's saying the truth. He's having people on his show like Sanjay Gupta and he cornered Gupta and said, look, why did your network lie about me and this uh, ivermectin? It's been used to treat billions of people and it does uh, prevent uh, viruses from bonding with your cells to use very layman's terms. Uh, it does prevent viral replication. Uh, but CNN said that I'm taking a horse dewormer. And Joe was like, I can afford people medicine mother effer. You know? <laughs> and Gupta's uh, lie was, well, so many people were going out and getting ivermectin at uh, farm stores, tractor supply stores, that there was uh, an influx in hospitals in Arkansas and they were over flooded with people overdosing on horse dewormer. And that was a lie too from CNN. Another network and podcasters called and investigated and asked one of the biggest hospitals in Arkansas are you being overwhelmed with people overdosing on ivermectin, the horse dewormer version? And they said, no, we haven't seen any cases of anyone uh, taking horse dewormer and getting sick and coming to our hospitals. <laughs> but 
That was CNN's reason for running with the story that Joe Rogan is causing people to overdose on horse dewormer. And then, I think it was CNN's Brian Stelzer, at the request of the higher-ups at Clinton News Network, had Gupta go on TV and, and twist around and retract what he said on Rogan. Uh, but it's ridiculous. And here we have the proof. A doctor who invented mRNA vaccines said that he was censored because he went against social media, big tech, the legacy media's stance on vaccinations and uh, vaccine advertising. Uh, I was riding with somebody the other day and an ad came on the radio station, regular radio. What the hell are these matches? Um, about make sure to get your vaccine. Pfizer wants you to get vaccinated so you can return to normal. Do you know Pfizer pays a lot of money out every year in fines? Because they break a law here and a law there. But they pay less in fines than they would by following the, the laws and the rules. So they just go ahead and pay the fine. This is off the subject, but there's a casino and racetrack near where I live. Uh, it's the drug haven of our area. Drug and prostitution. I know for a fact because I, I just know for a fact, okay? Uh, they don't drug test their employees because they would lose all their employees. They, well, you know, I'm just going to fucking say it. Uh, it's the Mountaineer Racetrack and Casino in Newell, West Virginia. And the employees there laugh because when the strip club across the street closes, the girls come over and all the employees say, oh, here come the, the prostitutes, here come the hookers. And uh, everybody there knows it's a place to go and get drugs. Uh, the employees all exchange, not all the employees, but some employees there freely exchange drugs quietly, but not so quietly. Um, but they also pay a lot of money out every year in fines to the West Virginia Lottery Commission because it's cheaper to pay the fine than to pay the winnings to people. First Amendment, some bitches. Go ahead and bring it. I swears. I swears to you. Hancock County, West Virginia, my friend went to this, uh, strip club there on his birth or on his uh 
Uh, it's too late though. I'm already going down that road. He went there on his uh, bachelor party. And he said, dude, that's got to be the most corrupt place in the world because it's so open and obvious that there's prostitution going on there and that there's drug dealing going on there. And everybody knows it, but they act like they don't know it. And he said, man... I've been to strip clubs all over Ohio, and I was at a lot of them with him. Sorry, forgive me, I'm not perfect. Uh, him and I were connoisseurs of gentlemen's clubs in college. Um, and he said, you know, John, I've been to strip clubs all over Ohio. I've even been to Russian strip clubs. But man, you go in that place and you give those girls a couple hundred bucks... And they'll take you in that back room and let you do whatever you want to them. Hancock County, clean your shit up. Well, I've done enough exposing of that bullshit. Let's end on a less than happy note for me. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are a winning team at this point. One of the hottest teams in football, or at least lukewarmest. Uh, but as their season... winds down and it comes down to whether they win against the Chargers on Sunday night the coaching, the search for a permanent head coach is on I think they need to stick with Rich Basaccia uh, he was a, a, a rumored candidate for a head coach position for a long time uh, he's known as one of the best special teams coaches in the NFL. And he came in after the Gruden email scandal. The players are playing hard for him. But now the name Jim Harbaugh, one of the worst coaches in Michigan football history, does not have a winning record at the University of Michigan. He was a great coach at Stanford University. Uh, did an outstanding job there. Took the NFL job with the 49ers. Took them to a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick at quarterback, who we all know is a terrible quarterback because no other NFL team will touch him. Uh, and Harbaugh had a 44 and 19 record in the NFL. Now. He liked Colin Kaepernick when he played against Kaepernick in college. He built their entire offense around Kaepernick's skill set in San Francisco. And when uh, Kaepernick was no longer productive and a lot of the good players on San Francisco became free agents and left, he then took a drastic downturn as an NFL coach. And it became, well, you know, he was good in college. He was good when he had a lot of good players on his team. And now he's nothing. So the University of Michigan snagged him up. He did nothing there for years. He took a pay cut in order to stay as their coach 
and not leave an embarrassment. This year he had a good season. He beat Ohio State for the first time in 18 years. Michigan beat Ohio State when Ohio State was having an off seat, a bad season. Then they got clobbered in the college football playoffs, but any would anyone would have got clobbered by Georgia or Alabama. So now the rumor is he's the lead candidate for the Las Vegas Raiders job. I am so adamantly against this guy as the Las Vegas Raiders head coach. They need stability on that team. They've had many offensive coordinators in Derek Carr's eight years. And that's why Derek Carr seems to have up and down seasons. But he's always statistically at the top of the league in passing percentage in yardage and all these things. But they, for a while, just haven't been winning. John Gruden did not bring winning back to the Raiders like he was supposed to. He got rid of all their good players. Mark Davis felt like he had to let Khalil Mack leave, even though Khalil Mack is one of the few defensive players who can close out a game for you. He has such a skill set and such football intelligence. Khalil Mack can end a game when the other team is trying to drive in the last few minutes. Uh, But they had to let him go because he wanted to be the highest paid defensive end slash linebacker in the NFL. So they sent him to Chicago. Uh, where he's had stellar seasons. His first year there, Khalil Mack had more sacks in Chicago than the Raiders did as a team. So, anyways, do we want to go through a harbaization and rebuilding? Will Derek Carr stay through a rebuild if they bring in Harbaugh? Those are big questions because you have a big-time job opening in, in Pittsburgh next year. You will very likely have a big-time job opening in Cleveland. And Cleveland is ready to win. They are ready to win big time. They lost to the Steelers this week. I get it. But... Uh, Baker Mayfield is not a, a Pro Bowl or Super Bowl quarterback. Derek Carr is. So if you see Marcus Mariota as backup quarterback, Jim Harbaugh comes in, maybe you see Derek Carr go to Cleveland or Pittsburgh because Cleveland and Pittsburgh both have outstanding running games. They both have outstanding defenses. They both have good wide receivers. It's the perfect storm for somebody like Derek Carr to walk in there in his eighth year and win multiple Super Bowls with either of those two teams. If you bring in a Jim Harbaugh who's going to 
maybe tear the team down and build up again. Who knows? And the Raiders' defense was just starting to get good in these last few games. They have three rookies on the all-NFL rookie defensive team. So, I'm in Twitter arguments with people that think Harbaugh is great and Basaccia is terrible. Uh... I finally told these idiots nothing that we say on Twitter is going to affect the outcome of the situation and they kind of shut up. So that is where it stands. I hope Jim Harbaugh is not the next coach of my Las Vegas Raiders and that they stick with what's working, Rich Passaccia a good defensive coordinator, a good offensive coordinator that they already have. Keep that coaching staff together and keep Derek Carr. They've got a lot of young guys that have contracts coming up, though, and there's going to be a lot of difficult decisions to be made as to who who comes and who, who stays and who goes. Because in the NFL, money talks and BS walks. One thing I like is Derek Carr says he's a Raider and he wants to be a Raider for life. So, let's keep Derek Carr happy. Happy Mark Davis, because I know you're not watching this. Thank y'all. God bless y'all. Have a good day. Pray for one another. Until next time, this is Americana, the American way, and I am Big John.